Mr. Matheson ordered two reviews. What he didn't tell us was on the review for the police for the prison authorities that they weren't specifically to look at the Craig McClellan case, and that's what it said on the review. The second meeting we had with him, he had the review board there because they had the answers to the review questions, and he spoke to us and then he invited us to speak to the review board. The review board told us that they really hadn't been told to do anything regarding the Craig case. They were just to find out what the, the, the law was and how the law could be changed. They said there was 37 recommendations that it could be changed. Now, number one, 37 recommendations means that there's been a mass breakdown in the, the way that the law works. You don't get 37 changes in, in, in something and everything's been working hunky-dory. And it's been, this was a, a robust system. This was supposed to be a robust system. But Mr Youssef had said that it was going to now be more robust. And my question to him was, so what happens to the next person? Are you going to come back with a more, more robust system? Because that seems to be the way that it, that it is. So we... Because we didn't get any information from the review board, we asked for a public inquiry. We didn't ask, we just said that that was something that was we were looking at. And we went away and we we had we had sorted out 34 questions that the McClellan family felt was very, very relevant to Craig's case and we wanted answers to them. And I sent the email to Humza uh, Youssef who replied to me with that he would meet with us. So when we went to meet with him, we had already been, we had already told the, sorry, we'd already had a meeting with the commander of police here, uh, Gordon Crossan, at Stacey's house, and he had apologised profusely about how badly the police had handled this situation, how badly they had handled it, that they, he knew that only once did he had a, a log to say that they went to try and find James Wright in May, and that was the only log that he had. And his exact words were that if he didn't have any logs or any paperwork, as far as he was concerned, it didn't happen. So he left this house with the knowledge that the family knew that the police hadn't really done anything to help in this matter. Now I appreciate the, the police's hands are tied because of the way the law works, because if someone breaks a tag off, it does not necessarily mean that they've committed a crime in this country. The only way the police can pick them up is on the street, and if they pick them up on the street, then they just go back into prison to finish off the sentence that they were doing. If they don't pick them up on the street, and it comes to the end of their term, they just go back and take the tag system away from the house that they were in and that's them out. So they don't even go back to finish their time. Now, that is disastrous. And it's still disastrous because that hasn't changed. All that they've done is they've changed the amount of people that they're letting out of prison at the moment. They say roughly from between 30 to 40 to 7 a week. right? Now that, again, tells you everything you need to know. That they were letting all the wrong people out. And unfortunately, our son came across one of the wrong people that they let out. So, 
to address that, I know that one of the things that Mr Yusuf is introducing is this assessment tool, but he said that there's no time scale for that. Mr Yusuf had told us that there was a six month time scale on the review board going back and coming back with, with all the, the information and hopefully everything would be changed. He has now broken one of the fundamental things that he, they, that he told us by now saying that there is no uh, time limit on that. Also, I understand that there is no funding whatsoever been put forward for that from the Scottish Government. So how he's going to change all these 37 things and have no funding available to do it, because it certainly wasn't announced in the budget, and we understand from the Parliament that there is no funding available at the moment. So it's only talk, and at the present moment it is only talk. There was the the new chap who is the, the in charge of the prisons has also come out with a statement that even though there's only seven getting out a week now, that is a very uh, what was it he said conservative amount, right? Which means that they intend once the furrow dies down, they intend to put that back up again. Because seven isn't enough for them. And it is a definitely a financial thing that is going on here. There is no doubt. The other thing I was going to say to you is that when we wrote the 34 questions, we went to the meeting with, the third meeting with Mr Youssef, and he had a chap called Tom Fox at the meeting, who is one of the top guys in the prisons and also there was a, a police officer there, a top police officer and he said that they were there to answer the 34 questions. Now first of all I spoke to the policeman and I said to him there's nothing you can tell me because your commander has already come and told us that he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything for us. right? And he immediately just closed his book and didn't, didn't even ask us any questions. The chap, Tom Fox, was asked one question, and the one question he was asked was, what level of prisoner was James Wright when he was let out on a tag in February? He then said to us, oh no, that's not how it works now, and, and we said, no, well, that's not what, he, what we asked. What we asked was, in February last year, what level of prisoner was James Wright? Was he high, medium, or low risk? His answer to us was, I can't tell you that due to data protection. Right, now that was the answers that we were supposed to be getting from the questions. We then asked for the public inquiry. I told them that unless we got an independent inquiry, we could not trust them. We could not trust the SNP, certainly not trust the SNP, and we certainly couldn't trust the uh, prison authorities because they hadn't answered the questions in the review. So what chance was there them sitting in front of us answering the questions? They went away and on the 17th of December we received an email from Humza uh, Youssef to say that having looked at everything, he had decided that a public, a public inquiry was not the way forward. And as far as he was concerned, the questions that had been answered and the questions that had been asked had been answered, right? We didn't get answers to our questions. We got responses. We get responses that they wanted to tell us, not answers. Answers are, 
can you show us the proof? They also told us on he also told us in that email two weeks after the prisoner the prison guy had said that he couldn't answer it due to data protection, he then told us that James Wright was a low risk prisoner. Now isn't that ironic how you get two weeks to go way back and then think to yourself, well if we don't tell him low risk, you know, then we're in trouble here. He won't prove that. He won't prove the, the stuff that we asked him. He stood up in Parliament to tell people that he wasn't given as a, a public inquiry and at the same time turned round and said, these are very difficult questions that the McClellan family are asking. What does that mean? Does that mean they're very difficult questions that he doesn't want to answer? Are there very difficult questions that he can't answer? Because he hasn't given us answers, he's given us responses. And unfortunately, we had the support of every single person in Parliament for a public inquiry, right? apart from one man. One man decided that we were not getting a public inquiry. The Labour Party, the Liberal Party and the Conservative Party wrote a joint letter to him asking for a public inquiry. And not only did he refuse us, he refused them as well. One man who has something to hide. There is no doubt there is something to hide as far as his family are concerned. You know, and that's what we're pushing for. We're pushing for the right answers independently. He said he would get the review board to look at, the, look at it in six months and see if there was any more recommendations he could make. How many re recommendations does it take? before he realises that something on that day went totally wrong and our son was killed for that. We deserve answers and deserve the proper answers. You're nodding your head there, Stacey. I know you don't want to say too much, but how does that make you feel knowing that you stood up in Parliament and didn't even have, you know, the decency to tell you first? It just, obviously in this whole situation, I've, uh, time and time again I've felt let down, but when he'd done that, like, I almost felt like he broke a promise because he stood there and said to us that his door was always open to us and that if there was anything that we needed, uh, basically, he would help in any way he can. But with regards to what what he has done by his actions, he's just threw us aside and threw a, co a cover over it and, like, doesn't want to actually answer any of the questions. Um, I agree with Michael. I think there's something that they're hiding. They don't want people to know, and I, d I do think for the like in the interest of public safety, we need to get to the bottom of it because if we don't, I mean, how many more people are going to die before this gets sorted out? Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So where are you going from here then? We have written a letter, which will be going out today, to the Lord Advocate. To ask the Lord Advocate to look at the look at the case, and we've asked them for a fatal accident inquiry. Uh, we still feel that we should have got a public inquiry, but we're going now to the Lord Advocate uh, through our solicitor. Uh, we will wait, await that, and see what happens. Uh, we are we are writing back to the Justice Minister, Humza Youssef, to tell him how disappointed we are with the letter that he wrote to us and his decision, right, even though we still can't understand why he's made that decision, 
other than self-preservation. Right? I am. We are also hoping to see the petitions committee at some stage because there's a number of things that really we'd like to, as a family, we would like to bring forward, and that if somebody gets murdered like this, it should automatically be a public inquiry or a fatal accident inquiry. We shouldn't have to go to one man who makes that decision through whatever reason it may be, whatever reason it may be. This should be a committee who makes this decision or it should just be automatically done in this country. Somebody gets murdered, there should be an accident inquiry, fatal accident or public inquiry, right? And get to the bottom of everything because it certainly should have happened in our case or should happen in our case, right? But it isn't. And that isn't fair. That isn't fair. This isn't the end of it. We will continue to fight as a family. Whatever it takes, we will continue to fight. If we don't get a, an FAI, then we will move on and see what the next thing is. I want Mr Youssef to know that we are not going away. As a family, we are not going away. Right? He'd like to think that he can just push us into the long grass, and that's what he's tried to do. But we will not, under any circumstances, go away until we get justice. Um, if you could appeal directly to the Lord Advocate, what would you say? I would ask the Lord Advocate to look at the, the case as honestly as he can. I'm sure he will, because that's his position. There is very many things that are wrong with this case that haven't been answered for the McClellan family independently. And I use that word, independently. Somebody has to go in there and get the answers independently, not someone from the prison authorities or someone from the police authorities just telling us whatever they want us to, to hear. And that's exactly what we've had up to now. Yeah, I think we need an unbiased person to come in and look at the case because we've given these people a chance, chance after chance, and they've let us down big time. And I just think, like, I, I don't understand how these people can sleep at night knowing what they've what they're doing like because they know they know we know it's just about getting them to actually admit it and like i said they keep talking about uh like fixing things but you can't fix anything that's broken until you start looking at what happened and going from there